Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the first Sunday after Pentecost, also known as Trinity Sunday, and we hear from the Reverend Phil Brochard as he preaches from the lectionary, which was Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 to 4 and 22 to 31. We apologize for the audio as it's a little bit dim this morning. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. seen in the news recently alarming analysis that shows that in the last two years compared to the five years before the pandemic the rates of death for Americans 18 to 45 has risen at a rate higher than any other portion of the American population including those over 70. That's right, the, the rate of death increased more for young adults in this country during COVID than it did for those who are most vulnerable to the virus. And now scientists are trying to sort this out to figure out why this might be. And the preliminary hypothesis actually has to do with loneliness and connection. Because the ways that young adults have increasingly died in the last two years was not due to contracting COVID. Now the rates of death were driven by what is often called deaths of despair. From drug overdoses, from liver disease caused by overconsumption of alcohol, from dangerous driving. And social scientists are wondering if our relative effectiveness at keeping the virus at bay by sheltering in place and by dramatically cutting off communal practices, if that severed the vital communal connections, with the end result being a deep and prevailing loneliness. In fact, they're wondering if we have entered into crisis of loneliness because scores of people found themselves alone in their marriages alone in their parenthood alone in their work you may know someone like this uh, you may be someone like this and it was an overwhelming feeling for many, many people. I also want to be uh, clear about the difference between loneliness and solitude. Solitude is a choice. Solitude is the decision to spend time on one's own, to enter within, to listen, to reflect, and to abide within. Loneliness, though, is unwanted. It's the removal or denial of connectedness. It's an enforced isolation. And it corrodes slowly but surely. For loneliness is a byproduct 
of a lie that we often tell ourselves in this country, that we are meant to survive on our own. Now deep down, we know that this is not true. And it helps to hear passages like this one from Proverbs to remember. Because this passage from Proverbs shows us that from the very beginning, we were meant to live, to create, to delight together. And it's one of the more fascinating texts about spirit as wisdom, and one that actually includes some pretty thorny theological questions. Like, what does it mean for a member of the co-eternal trinity to be created or brought forth from another? And this is also more than I feel fit to tackle in this particular <laughs> <laughs> all due respect to all the low resident students. <laughs> Dr. McDougall will help you with that next week. <laughs> what I've been drawing on in this text is how creation is essentially a relational act. God creates then and now in relationship. Wisdom was beside the creator as master worker rejoicing and delighting. Proverbs is very clear that God has never been alone. God says we are going to do this together. And so if this is one of the essential characteristics of God, that you cannot create alone, then why is it that we continue to live as if the individual were the essential building blocks of humanity? Way back in time, when Barack Obama was still a state senator in Illinois, I was serving as a priest nearby in Walnut Creek at the Episcopal Church. And I will never forget the staff meeting when my boss, who's the rector, brought in an email that he had received from a recent newcomer. It was quite an email. And in addition to feeling socially shunned for wearing a Raiders jersey to church that Sunday, <laughs> our I don't think it was necessary because it was a 49ers congregation. <laughs> Our visitor from Canada warned us that we were traveling down a very dangerous liturgical path, the path of creeping modalism. Now you may be wondering, if creeping modalism is an, is an invasive plant species, <laughs> or if you've seen pharmaceutical commercials promising to cure it. In fact, it's a slippery slope to a kind of heresy known as modalism, as in each member of the Trinity existing in only one mode. Often it's unintentionally articulated with God only as creator, Christ only as redeemer, the Holy Spirit only as sustainer. Now remember, the thing about heresies isn't that they are completely false. The thing about heresies is they only convey a portion of the truth. In this case, God does create, Christ does redeem, the Spirit does sustain, but not on their own, not in isolation. This is part of the lie 
that they and we live alone. And now I appreciate that one of the gifts of the Enlightenment was that whomever the collective authority was at that time, be it the church, the state, the village, that they did not have complete authority over a person and that individuals have certain inalienable rights. And modalism has been around for a very long time. But over the centuries, since the 1700s, we have taken this notion of individualism, and especially in this country, we have held it higher and higher and higher until we've tried to imprint it upon the divine. But as we heard in Proverbs, the spirit was and is a master builder. And in the prologue to John's gospel, we hear that in the beginning, was the Word, the Christ, with God, in God, was God. To have a full understanding of the Trinity is to know that each of the members of the one God live and act as in a fundamental relatedness with the others. No one creates alone. No one restores alone. No one delights alone. We know God together. Our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, is famous for saying that if it's not of love, it's not of God. And bishop Curry is absolutely right, of course. Scripture is clear about this as a fundamental characteristic and practice of the Christian faith. And even more, it's an essential characteristic of the Trinity. St. Augustine of Hippo, the 5th century North African theologian, gave us one of the clearest and most beautiful articulations of the Trinity. As lover, the beloved, and love itself. Lover, the beloved, and love itself. Now I know this is really obvious, but the only way to know love is to be in relationship with another. For love cannot exist alone. It is known, it comes into being when there is recognition, connection, and somehow something new and distinct is shared. And the wall that previously separated and divided and isolated falls, and a new creation is born. Friends, I do not know what the path ahead of us will look like, young and old. But I was reminded again this week, while I was leaning into this Sunday, that the very being of all that is exists to be related, to be known, to be loved. And so should we all. Thank you.